Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Anthony. What's going on, everybody? And Dwayne. Let's go. Episode 13. 13. That's right. Episode 13. We are... I tried to do the math the other day, and I was like, oh my god, we were in like month number three of this. So I'm very excited about that. It's been a long time. I'm, I'm two weeks in a row now after missing, you know, a couple of weeks. So I'm back on schedule. I like it. Getting that game rhythm again, right? That's right. Yeah, get your game rhythm in. Uh, so we started our league. So all of our teams have now at this point started our their league play. And then we started our 2011-2012 play days, which it's really exciting because it's something we've been yep. doing for the last, I want to say, four years, five years. Since the 2006 and the 2007 girls were at U10 and U11, we've done that uh, as a play day with, with local clubs, and it's always been a fun environment. So how's that been going so far, Anthony? Um, it's been great. You know, um, it's, it's, it's cool because you get to see a few things. You get to see kind of how your talent at the club matches up against the other talent at the youngest age groups in the state. Um, and you also get to see, you know, you're not an actual like game official roster, so you can kind of try some different things out. Like scores aren't really being kept because it's not, you know, there's no trophy at the end, there's no playoffs, so you can try some different things, play players at different positions. You get to find out, oh man, I, I thought this 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 player was a, a forward all along, and she's absolutely dominating it at outside back or. You know, you can find out, you, you can find some players that maybe are new to travel soccer, getting to play with some of the better travel soccer players. There, there's a lot of a lot of fun things with it. And, it, you know, you get two, three, four games in like two hours, three hours. So it's just so much soccer. It's it's a lot of fun. So it worked out really well this past weekend. Uh, we were up at um, Delaware FC in Hokesson. They hosted the first one and uh, the boys um play day is going to be held at our place this weekend coming up and the girls will go back to uh Hokesson, play some different clubs like sporting Hokesson, delaware fc wilmington um smyrna is in there um tri-state's in there on the girls side eventually we're going to have some of the downstate clubs in it so it's just it's a really good good thing to get introduced to uh you know soccer here in, in the state of delaware on the travel side one and one of the reasons why I enjoy it is because of the U nine and U ten level, and that's part of our juniors program. Is the fact that it minimizes the amount of traveling you do, and minimizes the weekends you have to play, so you don't have to play every single weekend in the fall. And you're local, and you get to play two games in one day, which I think is is really cool. It's uh, it's it's fantastic, and and again, like you touched on it, it's when, when you're playing in rec and you're playing at the same location every every single you know, weekend, it's, it's definitely convenient, but this kind of combines like starting to go into travel where there's a little bit of travel, but it's still pretty conveniently close. So it's a, it's a nice balance. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we had our high school girls make their league debut. Uh, so that was, that was good. Uh, Dwayne and I coached that game. And one of the things I really enjoyed, uh, was my, my favorite moment of the game was the moment after we got scored on mostly because it really uh, made our girls upset. The fact okay. that they, it, it, it made the switch, they flipped the switch. Absolutely. 
Like it was like waking up as like a sleeping giant. Like they like they had control of the game, but when they just got scored on, like they just flipped the switch and it was just like insane the next 10 minutes. Yeah, the, yeah, the next 10, 15 minutes were unreal how fast they played. The oppor- the number of opportunities they created was insane. It was good because that team in general struggles to score goals. So for us to be able to see them create a lot of opportunities was really good. So now it's just a matter of being able to capitalize on those chances. But overall, it was we were very happy with with how they played. And then I had uh, I had a couple of other games. I had a game with the 2008 girls and the 2010 girls. And we played some really good competition. It was a bit of a struggle with the 08s. I think mentally they weren't really in the right mindset. But we talked about it. They, they had a good week of training. The 2010 girls, I thought, had their best week of training so far. I told them yesterday as well. So I was very happy with, with how they've, they've played this week. So, Yeah, it starts in training, so that's good. Yeah, and I've been doing this in part of the periodization plan that we've been working on. Tuesdays, I've been doing a lot more breakdowns of things and trying to think about the passing pattern and exactly why we do certain things and break down the technical components of it. Mm-hmm. And then on Thursday, we do run a similar session, but we take the passing pattern out and we play a lot longer. So and that's when we do a, a welcoming game and then do a longer scrimmage at the end. And the girls really enjoyed it. One of the girls actually put it in quite nicely. So she said, she said, well, Tuesday, we learned we learned the skills. Thursdays, we practice them. And third and Saturday and Sunday, we bring it all together. Exactly. So. I was very happy with uh, with the, the with the eleven year old response for that, and they also learned a new word this week. Uh, I told them we have to have, find consistency in our game. They all looked at me like I had seven <laughs> different heads. So I was like, "Wait, do you know what the word consistency is?" And they're like, "No, no idea." I was like, oh, "Okay, well, here's a new word for the week." Right. So they learned consistency. So that was really good. With us today, we have a very special guest, the first of many to come. Uh, she is our first actual player that's currently playing soccer and our first Delaware Union alumni joining us, Madeline Naw, Maddie Naw, Mo. What's up, Mo? How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. Thank you. So uh, Mo is at Ursinus College and she is a freshman there, moved in into her dorm there now so how how are things going so far how's school going um school is good i have like some online classes and then some in-person classes um so it's a little weird like we have to wear masks to class and like the desks are all like spaced out um but yeah not bad so far just like kind of getting have my first test on monday in any of my classes so we're just kind of getting into things and uh, we started practice last week, so that was a big thing. And again, it's very weird. You know, we all wear masks to practice, and we have to try to like social distance and uh, no contact or anything like that. But uh, it's been good to like get out and meet everybody and knock the ball around for sure. Yeah, that's right. And how many how many uh, new players are on the team for this year? Um, there's nine incoming freshmen, so nine of us. Okay, uh, counting myself. So how how's that been going so far? How have the practices been? Um, it's been good. I I personally enjoyed it a lot. Um, I get to like go. Our coach calls it goalkeeper land. 
So we have two hour sessions and I would say I probably spend an hour and 15 minutes in goalkeeper land. So it's just me and then the other goalkeeper who's also a freshman, um, like basically having a, almost a one-on-one -on -one session with um, our goalkeeper coach Renee. And so I like that a lot. And then usually at the end of practice, we'll come together for some type of like shooting and finishing where like the field players were incorporate whatever they've been working on today. And so I love, that's my favorite part to get to see the live shots at the end. Yeah. That's definitely, that's yeah. definitely right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are you, what are you looking forward to in general when it comes to, to when the season actually kicks off whenever, whenever that'll be? Um, well, for me, you know, me definitely competition, like actually getting out there to play a game, you know, to go, you know, go out and play. Um, and definitely like to also kind of like build upon, I guess, almost like the bond you have, especially, you know, like growing up in the club, you play with the same people for years and years and years with a couple of new people, you know, along the way. But overall, you guys have a pretty good connection. Like, you know, you're back, as a goal, you know, your backs pretty well. Um, so definitely kind of developing that connection with the team and kind of just like getting to know how everyone plays and, you know, what they like and what they don't like in that sense. Okay. So now that now that school is now that school started now that practice has started, what's the what's the school life balance? How how's that working out? How much different is it from um, high school? It's um a lot different. Um, you have a lot more free time, which like at first glance you're like, oh yeah, free time, like you know, I've got time to get my things done. But really, that free time is like is work time, like between practice and lift and your classes every day, that free time in between, you're you're doing homework, you're studying, you're not really relaxing. There's barely time in there to eat, I feel like, some days. Um, you know, your schedule is packed. That's good. So, I mean, it's no coincidence that... School. There's no set time, you know, like it's... Well, I mean, it's no it's no coincidence that, that usually uh, high school or college athlete, college student athletes have a higher GPA during their in-season time than they do out of season. So definitely speaks to that. So how did you, how did you end up at our sinus? What, what, what led you to that school? So I had for, so I, I found like our sinus, well, they found me at um, future 500, mm -hmm. which I had found because in the beginning of my recruitment process, like Sebastian knows, I thought I wanted to go like, you know, to the South far away. And then like, after I think visiting Tampa, I realized I was like, okay, I don't want to be this far from home. So that's when we found future 500, which is probably like the, my most favorite camp I've ever done, like in hindsight. And coach Eileen did like a one night, she was like a guest speaker. And then, so that's how I first met her. And then after the camp, she had reached out to me, emailed me. It was like, hey, you know, I watched you. She watched me, I think, in one of my regular games. And then she watched me in, like, the All-Star game. And she was like, hey, you know, we want to come. Like, we want to come have you for a visit. And so I, said, like, got to my visit. I went to their ID camp. And then I kind of, you know, she was like, okay, you know, like, we want you to commit. And that's when I, guess, made my decision, which – after the visit and after your overnight and like it all becomes, I think pretty clear, like when you find the right place. So, and you just have to make the decision. Yeah. And I think I, I've, and I've had that conversation with, with a lot of our, of our players before, just, it's almost like it's hard to describe it, but you'll, you almost know the feeling you almost know when you're there in the place that you ultimately want to end up in, 
you mm. know, but it's hard to describe the feeling ahead of time. It's hard to say you'll it's and it's yeah. it's weird because you don't the person receiving that never really is mm. like, well, that's not fair. It sounds silly. Like when you're when someone says it to you, you're like, it sounds silly. Like you like, yeah, right. OK, you know, but then like when you actually experience it, you're like, OK, I think I know what's going on here. Like, yeah. this is what they've been telling me about. Exactly. And I think you and I have had that conversation before. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so how was the recruitment process for you? Like what, as far as what you did at Delaware Union with high school in general, like you talked about, you did the future 500 ID camp. Mm -hmm. So how was the recruitment process for you? Like the, did you enjoy it or was it hectic? Was it crazy? Um, I think my process was a little different, but it was definitely very hectic. Um, I think, well, hectic and like, cause I, it's cause like, I think I didn't know really what I wanted. Like I said, like I thought I wanted something and then a little too late, I'd realized it's not really what I wanted. So um, I think I personally like, especially it was like, I didn't really like want to talk about it when I was younger, like freshman, I was like nervous. I was like, I don't want to want to think about that. It seems so far away. What you learn later on, like it's actually not, it's so close and you need to start thinking about it. Like at that age, at freshman, you know? So yeah, I think went into that and then um Delaware Union I think probably like the biggest thing or helped me was Kiesel Kiesel you remember Kiesel Sebastian yep. coach Kiesel I think was probably one of my he really I think like kind of pushed me over the edge and he'd be like all right you gotta like you know get serious about this stuff if you really want to so I think that was my sophomore year yep so that's when I started like emailing coaches which like that process is hectic because you're juggling a bunch of coaches, a bunch of schools, like all this information, you know, you try to like, you have to make your email sound personal, but you also like have to send like, like so many emails that you can't spend like so much time. It's a lot of information to juggle. Um, so that part's a little hectic. And then, so you start, I started like emails then you get those responses and it's always like, okay, come to our camp, which wasn't my favorite. Didn't love camps, but you know, you have to go to them. So then from camps, then you know if you have a good camp the relationship gets a little more personal and that's when you go visits and overnights and that kind of stuff but definitely well, i like future 500 because it kind of combined like instead of having to go to each school that i was interested in camp like one big camp where they kind of come to you so well when you talk about camps not everything can compare to you know when you helped out at the delaware union day camps all right. So when we compare everything to those, those are so phenomenal that you're just like nothing else can match. That's right. Yeah. I mean, Mo, Mo is probably one of our uh, most excited coaches ever <laughs> at camps, uh, which is, which is funny to talk because it, it's funny to say, because it's probably the polar opposite of your sister yeah. who probably did not want to, not want to be there. <laughs> did not want to be there. No, absolutely not. So yeah. how is it? And we'll, we'll, talk briefly about that but how is it to have a twin sister that you played soccer with for the majority of your life to now being away from her altogether um it's crazy like i i talk to her like spashy knows like i talk to her so much now like in comparison like we talk every day probably four to five times a day like she'll facetime me or i was just texting her before this like Hey Sydney, I'm about to do this thing with Sebastian. Da, 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 da. Like, um, it's really hard. Like, not the soccer part, I guess, which it's kind of sad. I don't really miss her in the soccer part, but like, just not having someone always there with me. Like, we went to every practice together. We were in the car together. Went to school together. Like, 
not having her here feels a little weird, but um, it's not it's not terrible. It's not terrible. <laughs> Technology makes it easier. I'm, no, for sure. And shout out to Sydney because uh, Sid's kids, obviously. Computer uh, and fantasy last week, Sebastian. That's great. That's good. I was gonna ask you how how that was going, so I'm glad I'm glad you beat her in fantasy. That's that's pretty good. All right. So what was uh? Because you played at Delaware Union for a long time. I played for Delaware Union before it was Delaware Union. So there you go. I was an MOT Roadrunner. Come on. There you go. So a long time. So favorite memory of playing at Delaware Union. Favorite memory of the club is definitely like Anthony said the the camps with like that was. My favorite, like being a camp counselor and like playing, like you get paid to play with the kids all day long. Like it's it's great and like got you got to hit crossbar if you want to go to that's lunch. right crossbar like, challenge. You got to get the kids in your line. That's right. Not, <laughs> kids always went to Lance's line, not my line. <laughs> yeah, they 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 learned quick. You know, pace isn't everything. You need precision. <laughs> and how about your favorite uh, moment with having Sebastian as your coach? Ooh. I've got the answer to this one. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick a less embarrassing one for you, Sebastian, okay? No, you can pick whatever you want. I'm not embarrassed. No. We'll ignore all the times that he, like, earned that. No, we're not even going to. You can uh, go ahead. You can say The time you argued with the old lady ref and got yeah. thrown out of the game. That I did not get thrown out of that game. Nope, did not get thrown out. Never oh, been thrown almost, out of the game. Sorry. He almost. left by choice. He left no, by no, no. choice. Never been thrown out of a soccer game. No. Okay, probably like um, it might it was like a Pags game we were playing. It was like regular like Sunday Pags game, and we were probably up like six or eight nothing. So he took me out of the game, put me at striker, took me out of the game. We had a nice big uh, shoulder bump on the sideline. We have a picture of that. We do. And then I went and scored probably like the worst goal of all time. Oh, it was so absolutely bad. horrendous! No goals are bad goals. They all show up on the scoreboard the same. Yeah, no, I'm it thinking that one was pretty bad. Considering, considering Mo was a, a not a bad not a bad field player, uh, it, it was awful. It, it was pretty bad. It was definitely yeah. bad. favorite Sebastian right. moment, probably that. It yeah, was, yeah. Good. All right, I'm glad. All right, that's good. That's not bad. It's you know, no one that's not as angry. That's good. No, yeah, no, like uh, Sebastian throws a stool or hat. No, none of those. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> so. Um, who are your three favorite soccer players in general of all time? I know one. Time. Of them. I know one of them. Wait, I want to know what you think. Go ahead. You tell me, and I'll tell you if I if I was right. Number one, Gigi Buffon, yeah. my favorite player of all time. Okay, that's easy. Um, from the women's side of things, I guess. Favorite women's like now goalkeeper. I love Ashlyn Harris. Orlando Pride. Love Ashlyn Harris. Um. And I guess I got to pick like a non-goalie. Favorable. I feel like the only other answer for goalies is Hope Solo because like she's Hope Solo, but mm-hmm. non-goalie, favorite player of all time. Paul Pogba. That's the answer. Okay. All right. There you go. All right. So if you had to, and I think I know the answer to this. So actually, I'm going to tell you, do not pick your, do not pick the. Yeah, you can't pick your sport. second sport. You can't pick your second sport. That doesn't count. Okay. So if you had to play a different sport, what would it be? You can't pick basketball. Basketball does not count in this ooh, answer. Ooh. Probably lacrosse because you, like, get to, like, hit people with a stick, I guess. I don't know. There's no other, like, basketball is the best, second best sport. 
that 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 explanation was the most keeper explanation of all time. Oh, for sure. The cross because you get to beat people with a stick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Lacrosse goalie, even better. <laughs> Keepers yeah. are nuts, man. <laughs> All right. So from a goalkeeper's perspective, a three-five-two or a four-three-three? Personally, for like regular four back, for sure. I'm not a fan of the five back. It turns into like a three back, really, because you know, I'm not a fan. Four back, basic. It's easy to like, for me, it's easy to you know like where my backs are supposed to be. You got your two center backs. Hopefully, you know, they got a good connection. Everything, four back is perfect. Okay. No five right. back for me. All right. Fair enough. All right. So here we go. This is one of our most fun questions that we have. You got five minutes left in the game. Your team is up one nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you try to encourage your team? Do you try to play quickly out of the back to try to score a second goal? Or are you basically like getting everybody back to like park the bus and like you're kicking everything as long as possible? You're taking your time. You're kicking a ball like further back. What are you doing? I want to say like pack it in because like play. You know, I've been burnt a couple times. I would have to say like on the all right. Let's try to go get another one. Like if if we're playing a good team, like you know. We're playing like a good rival of Delaware. You know, like we're playing Kirkwood. We're up one nothing. Five minutes left. We're packing that baby in. We're packing it up. We're we're good to go. Okay, you only need one. We're packing the whole suitcase. <laughs> packing, yeah. She says she's packing everything. We're packing in. it in. No, we're done. Yeah. So I would say packing it in. But you know, like a, I guess like a tournament game or like a showcase where like you're trying to get your team to look good. Sure, we can go try to score another one. Doesn't really matter. But I guess probably yeah. pack it in. Play safe. What? What is like the longest amount of time you've taken in between like the ball going over the end line and you taking your goal kick at least five minutes? Can you get the full five minutes? Mm-hmm. No. Have you been no. carded for delaying of game? I've been warned multiple on multiple occasions. I've been warned, but I've never gotten a card. So is there a, is there a tactic you want to share to our young listeners on like, it's a slick way to delay the restart. Hmm. You don't if like if you're a goal if like you know it's a goal kick ball goes over you don't have to like run or jog even if everyone looks at you go for the walk. Um, yeah, the referee technically can't yell at you for walking to get the ball. No, they can't. Go ahead, take your time, take a little, you know, walk. Don't feel the need to run or jog. I like the old bend over to pick up the ball and step and kick it a little bit forward, you know. Yeah. Or the shoe tie. You got to get your right. shoe tie in. And as a keeper, you got to take your whole gloves off in order right. to tie your shoe, right? Or so, I got, or I got to call up my defender and be like, "Hey, hey, can you come do this for me? Like, you know, take your time coming too. Like, but come do this for me. Come tie my shoe." Yeah, I'm we're getting of, into. I hate when keepers have the ball at their feet, like the ball's in play, and they just like reach over and try to pick the ball up, wait until that person just gets so close, and they finally pick it up. That's Wait, the ultimate that move. Yeah. Oh, that move's awesome. Yeah, you, yeah, I don't I think you came. I had a high school game, Sebastian. I don't think you came to it. I don't think you were there. Maybe you were actually. Yeah, actually, maybe one once you came to. But like we were playing, like uh, we were we weren't playing a great team. We were playing like maybe Newark or something. But we were only up maybe like maybe I think we were either up one or two two nothing. We were up two nothing. So it's like if they scored, it didn't really matter. But I like played that little game, and I like wasn't thinking, and I picked the ball back up a second time. So like they got the free kick. <laughs> Like inside the eighteen, oh it, was, it was. I was like on the six. Like it was so bad. I just like like I just wasn't thinking. 
and I picked it right back up. I mean, they had a free kick, they didn't score, but like that was probably one of my most embarrassing moments like of all time. Yeah. I, I, I have I have a favorite Mo moment that, that I want to share. So um, this happened in Boston. So that's we, pretty recent. Yeah. So we were in Boston. Yeah, this was my favorite moment. So we were in Boston and there was a there was a free kick that had to be taken. <laughs> and Mo decides that she wants to free kick. She wants a free kick from like 22 out, 22 out. Mo Mo wants it. Like she calls my attention. She's like, give it to me. I, I want the free kick. I'm feeling good. I feel like I can really strike a ball. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> she tried to, she tried to like, I think you try to like do something. No, I was like, don't, I just didn't want to hit it over. I was like, whatever you yeah. do, do not run all the way up here and like blast this thing over the goal. <laughs> and like, I think if I had to put just a little more on it, like it was on target for sure. Like it was up there. It wasn't like terrible. Okay. Seen some worse free kicks come from the Delaware Union team. Okay. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was my favorite moment just because in that moment, I could see the look in her face. All she wanted. I thought to I was going to score. I really did. Yeah, I, like, I, I did too. Right I here. had I had the moment in my head. I I actually you have... recorded it. You recorded it because you oh, thought I, I was going to score. I, was, I I thought I was going to be able to do a celebration with it. I was going to like, yeah, run up and down the field. I might have been like drop kicking a, a corner flag or yeah. something. Okay, because when you're running up there, you're like, yeah, man, I got this. I'm going to score. And then like I put the ball down. and I was like, I truly like have no plan whatsoever. Like I just really wanted to take this kick. So yeah. then I was like, started panicking. I was like, whatever you do, don't hit it. Like, do not blast this thing over. So coaching tip put a little more on it. Coaching tip of the week. If your keeper tells you they're feeling it on a free kick, let them take the free kick. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I Coaching I, tip of the week. If your keeper's like, coach, I got this, let them take it. I, I'm, I'm, I think I think if any goalkeeper at any point, unless we were up one nothing, and again, five minutes left in the game, maybe I don't do it at that point, but – any goalkeeper ever comes up to me and goes, "Hey, I got this. Let me let me go take this free kick." I'm like, "All right, whatever. Like, go for it. Go nuts." Because ultimately, because ultimately in that moment, like, why not? Why wouldn't you let that happen? That you have to you have to give the goalkeeper almost what they want in that moment. Yeah. So I'm just disappointed I, we don't have a game this weekend. Oh, you were you were gonna have one of the the high school girls. Yeah, I was just I was just hoping this scenario would pop up just to see what. Knowing doing. knowing our two high school girls goalkeepers, there's not a single there's zero chance either of those two go up to take any of those kicks. Zero. I I doubt it. I doubt it. Now it could be proven wrong, and I wish I I would be, but I don't think that's happening. Maybe listening to the podcast. I'm hoping they are. Yeah, I'm hoping they are, and we can get them to do it. So. I hope your 2010 keepers are just listening listening right now. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, Mo Mo knows them. She can she can send them a message. Who is it? Like, uh, Caroline and Maddie Arnold. Oh yeah, I know yeah, both so, of them. Yeah, so maybe maybe Mo will reach out to them and and go. All right, you guys, next free kick that comes close. Next free kick. You guys are up. Let make sure make sure that Coach Chad isn't coaching them. <laughs> oh my god, that, that's definitely not happening. To, I would pay money to watch that. That's <laughs> definitely that definitely is not happening with Chad there. Uh, well, Mo, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. We wish you the best of luck at our sinus. Uh, and we, we're really we're really proud of you, and we're really looking forward to watching you play. Absolutely. Thank thanks, Thank Mo. You. Good luck. Thanks for having me. All right, we're moving on to the American players around the world. I think are probably – this is, might be the best moment to be an American player – outside of the United States 
as far as how many players we have. So Zach Steffen made his in, is his debut with City yep. yesterday. Uh, Serginio Dest is now rumored to be going to Barcelona or possibly uh-huh. already going to Barcelona. Gio Reyna has been playing at the top of his game and getting major minutes at, at Dortmund. Um, you have Conrad De La Fuente, who's making waves at Barcelona to fight for a spot to be on the squad. Uh, Weston McKinney is starting for Juve now. Yep. Uh, so it, it's it's you, you 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 forgot Christian Pulisic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was he's already, but he's already, but he was already, he's already been at that level. I'm talking right. about the up and comers. Right. I mean, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams. Yeah. Getting, mm-hmm. getting getting major minutes uh, at Leipzig. So it's it's becoming very. Uh, we had a uh, one of the one of the Bayern players. He's American too. Uh, there's a there's an American player at Byron, a center back, I think that Richards Richards. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he got, he's getting minutes as well. So can, is there a better time uh, than now for, for the U S to to really what? Oh yeah. You have the, your UVA on. They They don't, they haven't been able to put the Jersey on and actually play. I don't even know the last time they've actually got together and like played. But that's a question, though. Do you think that'll translate or hopefully translate to well, a better a better showing from a... They're all at that. Right? Like, you see, I... I level now, you know, so like, hopefully they can play at a world-class level when they get together using well, that, I, that game time. I think, I think the biggest thing will be, you know, how the coach lets them go. They're obviously all friends. If you look at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, like they all are like the biggest fans of each other. You know what I mean? It's like, they all realize what's going on. So if you just, as a coach, allow them to be friends on the soccer field, I think the talent, maybe not this world cup, but six years from now, I think the talent will speak for itself. The talent will be enough. They'll be very experienced, especially in European play, but it's, it's a lot of time it's with that chemistry thing, you know? Where like where, where you world see Cup. Spain, where you like oh. see yeah the World Cup, you see Spain and Germany always doing so well because they all play on like literally the same team, right? So how do how does the coach allow them to just be friends and be boys and be goofy and just allow them to excel? I think that's going to be the biggest thing because the talent's there. Well, and plus in six years you're talking about a World Cup that's happening here. So it, I think that even that that even brings in a different level of of commitment and right. forward thinking for it. What I find interesting is the fact that a lot of these players all, and I think Anthony, to your point, they all played in the same youth national teams together. They all grew up playing in the same national youth national teams together. There's a lot of those a lot of those guys all played in the under twenty. Uh-huh. Uh, so. So that that helps tremendously. Uh, some yep. of them even played in the under seventeens together. So I know Gio Reyna played in the seventeens together. With I think Conrad De La Fuente, I think the, those two might have played together on the on the seventeens. So I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a lot a big a big push. Now the question the question is, a lot of these players haven't been developed in the United States. Sure. A lot of the players have been developed overseas, so then does that does that speak somewhat? 
does it become contradictory to what the MLS is trying to do? Obviously, you have you have the players that have been grown here, like Brendan Aronson and, and Mark McKenzie, uh, and, and there's a lot of other players. We're just talking locally, just with those two, or or even you can bring in a Matt Real and a Fontana into that as well. But when you look at it, the that core group, those six or seven or eight players the majority of them left the United States very, very early. Yeah, but they left very, very early. But, I mean, maybe U.S. soccer wasn't ready at the time. You know, U.S. soccer is starting to become ready now. Um, So it can only bode well. It doesn't mean that players are going to continue to leave just because they look at these players. I mean, Barcelona is one of the biggest clubs in the world, right? Um, you, you look at any of these, if, if a club comes to you and says, hey, you're going to be a stud, come, to, come over to us when you're 12 years old, most people are going to take that leap. MLS is going to have time. We, 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 you're talking 15, 20 years before you, the, the MLS teams start to have the pedigree that just any of the top clubs have. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's going to take time. But yeah, I don't I see why it think, wouldn't. You got to take time. I mean, like, I agree with you, Anthony. When you look at, like, the MLS clubs, and you look at where these players, like, they left when they're, like, 10, 11, it wasn't any, like, Philadelphia Union, you look at, was just being established. There wasn't really an academy system to exactly. first team for these kids. So, like, Miami is just now starting up. So, like, these kids, they had different – there's just different teams in a different style than what there is now. I think now you'll see kids like the union, you'll have homegrowns grow up and grow into the starting 11s. But before it was just like, their only jump was to go overseas. There was not really anything concrete here. Right. Yeah. But my, my, my fear is that these European clubs are going to come in and find these kids when they're 10, 12, 13, 14 years old. And after a certain amount of time that you spend in a European country, you can become a citizen of that country and then ultimately can have a dual citizenship and play for a different country. Yeah, which which has kind of been an issue with a lot of our players, right? I mean, that's happened a few times already. Right, but what I'm saying is like... Go ahead, go ahead, Dwayne. Yeah, like Giuseppe Rossi, like he grew up in New Jersey and he went played for the national team in Italy. But he's back in the MLS like now, so he could have been an American. Like he didn't really do much for that national team. He could have. Right, but but my fear is that now the talent pool is so much better. I think so. Now when you look at it, so let's just say, take a take a Conrad De La Fuente who's been in in Spain since he was ten years old, right? If the Spanish national team comes calling, does he does he make that change? Now, now I think he's already expressed the fact that he wants to be he wants to play for the U.S. But at the same time, does that does that force the U.S. to try to I mean, get these kids in early I, and cap them early so that way they they become? I mean, we made the joke last week with Conrad De La Fuente about get him get him his national team capped now before he has any chance of playing for Spain. So now are we going to be seeing a bunch of 15 and 16 year olds getting national team caps so that way they make well, sure nobody else can take them. Seb, you, you, you bring up a really, really good point, but I, if I can look at it uh, the other way, I kind of say that's an awesome problem to have. These are probably problems that Spain, Germany, England, Brazil, like these clubs are dealing with 
all the time with their youth talent. The fact that our youth talent is really starting to become prominent and, and make waves and make other countries look to cap them. That's a great problem to have and shows that us soccer is going in the right direction. Well, no, for sure. I, I agree with you there. I just think that now it's the time for the U S national team to make it not even be a contest. So basically raise the level so that way these kids only choose to play for the U.S. Yeah. Uh, so that way there is no competition. Like there, right now there's a battle happening with this, uh, with this kid that plays in Spain that's was born in Mexico, but his dad's Argentinian and he's lived in Spain since he was like eight or nine years old and he's 16 and he wants to play for the Argentina national team, but Spain is trying to already get him in. Mexico's already tried. And he's already expressed that he only wants to play for the Argentinian Argentina national team. But the question is, how long, how long are you going to, how long is this kid, for example, going to wait? So now it's on Argentina to, for example, call him up at some point soon. Now, granted to get into and that, but that's the issue that right? so, so to get into the Argentinian national team, it's very rare that it happens at 16, 17, even 20 years old, unless again, you're messy uh, or Mascherano or a different kind of player like that. But so it becomes very difficult for somebody that young to get a national team cap because you can play for, that's the tricky part. You can play for youth national teams of other countries. As long as you don't play, you don't have a cap in a, in a, you know, senior game. in the senior game. So I just think it's an interesting, I think, and I agree with you, Anthony, it's a, it's a really good problem to have. I just think it's an interesting dynamic change. It is. That, that it I'm is. hoping. I'm hoping that the U.S. I just hope that U.S. soccer is reading the problem or reading the the possibilities and trying to have a plan in place to make sure that there's a lot of development happening from a U.S. And, soccer yeah, perspective. Play more games. And, what they got to do. And and you're right because U.S. is notorious for just holding on to what they think, like holding on to those glory years, letting those 32, 34 year old players go out there and and fight because you know they're afraid to fail, right? They think that they're a sure thing, but you got to let these young guys go. You're right. Well, and and again, I mean, if if the last World Cup qualifiers proved anything, is the fact that the idea of of trying to still live by something that's not there anymore. Like the, the glory days of, of what Bob Bradley did are, are long gone by that point. So just let it go. Altador, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Altador's gotta go. Michael Bradley probably has to go. Like gotta go. just let, just let this, let the almost, almost be okay with the idea that your 20 year olds are going to just be your national. They're ready. Yeah. Let, Please. let, let Pulisic be the captain of the team. And then just run with it. Just let that go. I mean, Belgium did it. Belgium did it. uh, What was it? Eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago or maybe 12 years ago. And then eight years ago is when they started to arrive. Then last year they were, or you know, whenever the last World Cup was, you're looking at Belgium was one of the favorites. And and again, and it it might not give you, because obviously to to win a World Cup, you, you need, you need probably... These are your best guys. The best well, guys. You probably need. You probably still need two or three players that are absolutely at the top of the world class soccer like rankings. Like you need, you need something special, or you need to have such a team dynamic and a team chemistry and the and a style of play that's so defined that just allows you to overpower everybody. 
without those things, it's very difficult to to even get close to winning a World Cup. So I'm not saying that Belgium is Belgium has some very good players. I don't know that they have the top of the world class on every single line, but at the same time, it allows them to be very competitive and one of the favorites. It, it, there's nothing wrong for there's nothing wrong with the U.S. aiming to be that. Yeah, I, for sure. I, I think the idea that the U.S. is gonna just because we have Christian Pulisic, we're gonna go win the World Cup, it, it becomes difficult. Like that's almost like too high of a bar to set at, at, to start off. I think it's 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 a lot of pressure because I think that's the problem. Is well, what happened at the last World Cup qualifiers as well? The U.S. has never not qualified for the World Cup. All right, great, but all of a sudden that just became too much pressure on these guys. But I think now these guys, they played in the Champions League, they're playing in the Europa League, they're playing at this high level in Europe, which, you know, you can only get in Europe playing at the highest of the highest levels against or with like the Ronaldos and the Messi's and all that and the Bayern Munich's. Like they're now at that level where they get to play those matches. So going back to the national team, you know, this USA-Mexico game now is like, hey, it's just – playing in front of 70,000 fans, just playing in front of the yellow wall. It's like, yeah, you know, they're used to that atmosphere. Yeah, no, that's, a good, that's a really good point. So I was yeah. thinking, I'm like, we're talking about getting rid of Altador, all the Bob Bradley-esque guys, right? So who does that leave you with in the MLS to pull up to the national team? Like, I mean, well, I Mark McKenzie, think, Mark McKenzie. I feel, like you, right? I feel like you need to go younger. I feel like the, the, you need to, you need to find the younger players within the league that are making waves, the the Brendan Aronson, the Michael, uh, the Mark McKenzie, uh, Frankie Amada, uh, the the younger guys, even a Kellen Acosta, like find the younger guys that are that are doing a really good job within the MLS. It, almost like the idea of like let let the older guys go. Let's just let it go. Like if I hear the name uh, Zardis at the, at the with the U.S. national team. <laughs> Uh, or uh, <laughs> or Bobby Wood, or, <laughs> just like just let it go, just just move on. No. It's almost like it's almost like just make it like a U twenty four and under. Just, <laughs> just make it an under twenty four national team and just and Olympic just, Olympic qualifiers, right? Yeah, just almost yeah, almost make it that. Just make it an almost an Olympic qualifier. Uh, you almost can almost bypass the idea of having an older guy just to have that mentality of like. Because these guys have been given responsibility. Christian Pulisic has a lot of responsibility for the for the age that he is, having the number ten at Chelsea. Uh, Gio Reyna has had a, has a lot of responsibility, being a playmaker at Dortmund. Like there's, it's not like they don't have responsibility. Let them play, because they're not only that they're also learning leadership. Weston McKinney right now is sitting in front of listening to Andrea Pirlo talk to him day in and day out with Gianluigi Buffon as another person inside of the locker room with them. Not to mention the, uh, not to mention the fact that he's with Ronaldo, Dybala and all these other guys in the same, you don't think he's gaining experience? Like no, no disrespect to Michael Bradley, but (laughs) right. What do you, what do you bring in? Like it's, it's almost like it's comparing apples and oranges at that point. Right. Like there's a lot of leadership that Michael Bradley, Michael Bradley's done uh, tremendous things for the national team. But again, just move on. Like take, take your glory days and live on that. But that that's in the past. Enjoy your time in Toronto. Go nuts. Have fun. But that's it. 
I feel like it's a, now just turned into like the bash Michael Bradley show, but that's not that's not it at all. It's, I just find it funny. I just I just wanted to hear who else you wanted to get out the door out out of the team. Bobby Wood, Josie out the door, Zardes. Yeah, I mean, you're just late, naming them out. I mean, it's it's because I feel like every national team camp it's the same names. Like there's a couple, there's four or five other guys, but then ultimately in the starting lineup, it's the same guys over and over again. Been the same guy since 2010. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's the guy that who's the guy that that plays in sporting at um San Jose Earthquakes? Wondolowski. Uh, Wondolowski. Yeah. Like Chris Wondolowski doesn't need to be in a national team. Now, I don't think that he's he's going to be in a national team anymore. Just like but, he's that guy that just scores goals. Like he just naturally scores goals. But yeah, but you can't team. do it with a U.S. jersey anymore. Like just let it go. Like he doesn't need to be playing against Belgium. Like, what about Julian? What about Julian Green? But see, he was one of the guys that he was one of the guys that um, uh, what's his name brought up, right? The German guy, Jurgen, oh, Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah. Klinsmann. He he brought in Julian Green, right? Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. I mean, again, younger player. Just I don't know. I just think. The U.S. has some really, really good players right now um, playing overseas and has some really, really good talent and the younger levels of the of the MLS. Just run with it. Let it go. Take take the next World Cup qualifier as a as a process. It it's not going to be worse than the, the last World Cup qualifier. You've already not qualified once. What's the worst that can happen? You're not going to qualify again, but at least you're going to not qualify with younger players that are going to try to hopefully get you to where you're trying to be in four years after that. Brendan Aronson is the qualifying team. Uh, Brendan Aronson needs to be the starting 10 on the qualifying team. He's starting? He should be. I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I don't don't know. I I was just – I'm not interested. Maybe next podcast we'll come up with the lineup. Oh, yes. Oh, I would love to. Next next week we're coming out – I'm – all right, next week, all three of us starting 11 for the U.S. national team. Sounds good. Let's I think that would be pretty cool. Perfect. All right, so we're moving on to the player of the match award. And I talked about U.S., and I'm not putting a U.S. player in my player of the match even though. Uh, so I'm giving my my player of the match to Liam DeLap or DeLap or however you pronounce it. Uh, made his debut yesterday for City uh, and scored a goal. Scored a fantastic goal and gave Phil Foden an assist as well. So uh, he's trying to get minutes in for City using the Carabao Cup to, Cup to be able to gain some more minutes. So that was that was really good. That's the point of the Carabao Cup, right? That's right. Bringing the younger players. Dwayne, you're kind of all in the same, same line as me. Zach Steffen, you got my American flag waving in the background. Um, getting his first cap for the first team in City. I think he's like the third American player, maybe, to get a cap for City. Um, trivia question of the week. Who knows the other two? I don't. No I want to say Mix Discarude. And that probably works. a keeper at some point. No idea. Another keeper. Nope. Wasn't Tim Howard. He was at United, right? I don't know. Um, but yeah, getting his first cap, you know, to go on the fountain of youth, you know, we have the whole starting 11, but I think Zach Steffen's definitely probably 
got the reins for the top spot, at least for a while. I don't really see anybody else. No. Talking about the Falcon youth, obviously challenging them. I mean, Brackazan's there, but is Zach Steffen getting his first cap? Got to go. Yep. Gotta go. Like 40. Yeah. <laughs> Brad Gozan, gotta go. The moment the moment Brad Gozan put on a microphone and an earpiece in the middle of an MLS Tall Star game and started answering questions in the middle of a game, you gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Add him to the list. Add him to the list. We can do a starting eleven. We can do a non-starting eleven if you want. I, I was about to say we need a list of guys that's, that you don't I want can, to see. I'll give you the, the non-starting eleven. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that too. Uh Anthony. Give me yours because I think I I loved it. If you're going with the same idea that I went that I had that I saw yesterday on on Twitter, uh, <laughs> I want I I so so badly wanted to be that. Well, well, there's two things. So so my player of the match award obviously goes to the coolest guy in soccer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, for two reasons. One one because on Monday he scored two goals. Uh, to open up the season for AC Milan, uh, to, to one of the first starting games, and he turns 39 on Saturday, October 3rd. So 39 in the top division, just going out and scoring two goals like it's nothing. That's pretty impressive. Did you and just did you absolutely? Did you see the tweet that he put out after he scored the two goals? Uh, I didn't see that tweet because I mean the guy is a fantastic tweeter, so I miss some every once in a while. He's he he goes on rants. Um, but I did see the tweet about how he just tested positive for coronavirus. And his statement was, since COVID-19 couldn't come to me, I had to go to COVID-19. Zlatan is the coolest soccer player on the face of the planet. You will never tell me otherwise. Two goals and decided to take on COVID all in the same week. So good for him. Yeah. And then he put out another one that said, uh, I tested negative yesterday. I tested positive today. Uh, COVID, COVID thinks it can like take on, take me on, bring it on, or something like that. Like, yeah. oh, 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 COVID thinks it can challenge, like it wants to step up and challenge me. Uh, it, it that was a mistake or something like that. Yeah, what he's I, he's hysterical. What I loved about the fact that after he scored the two goals, he said, "If I was twenty, I would have scored four tonight." Exactly. But, yeah, I did see that. But but I'm thirty nine. Wait, no, thirty eight. So I only scored two. Right. I mean, what what a great what. Uh, that's a guy that just really just is really comfortable in his own skin. Absolutely. Yeah. How long so, does he keep going? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him on the national team. Yeah, I'd say, I'd, see, I'd put Slatan. I put Slatan in the U.S. national team. Get him back to LAFC. Yeah, there you go. Let's cap him. <laughs> uh, so on this day in soccer history, so apparently not much has happened on September 25th around the world. Uh, from a soccer perspective, so we're gonna we're gonna make we're gonna mark this day, September twenty fifth, twenty twenty, as the day that Luis Suarez went to Atletico Madrid. Because I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Luis Suarez is going to absolutely like wreak havoc on La Liga. Uh, and it happened. I saw something that said. When David Villa left Barcelona, he went to Atletico Madrid and then won the league, uh, won the Europa League, or got to the got to the finals at the Champions League, or something like that. That next season, so I feel like you just you poke the bear, and sure. the, the and the bear is literally gonna bite you. 
Like <laughs> it's gonna be the Messi versus Suarez show. And yeah, Suarez I just is a stronger team. <laughs> I feel like it's just I think he should I think he's gonna score a hat trick in his first game. Just to prove a point. At least the league in scoring. Just get, oh yeah, I mean he'll he'll compete. He'll go against Messi for it for sure. So, all right, we're yeah, moving on. Bad year. What? Think Barcelona's gonna have a bad year. I mean, you told Ricky Pucci didn't want him on the team, so you you're you're you. Nobody's basically... called yet. I don't know what's up with that, but I'd be calling. I mean, well, no, they all, they told him he he should have gone on loan to Ajax, and Ricky Pucci said, "Nope, I'm staying." Ricky Pucci said he's he's trying to fight for a spot. I mean, I, I mean, it seems like they're just telling people to get out the get out and clean it out lockers. Yeah, yeah. There you go. All right, so we're moving on to the fair play of the week. I'm giving mine to James Rodriguez because so James was uh, started out in Argentina, even though he's Colombian. He started in a in a club called Banfield in in Argentina, and he made his debut in the Argentinian league when he was 17 years old, and then went on to play in Europe. So. Uh, when he got transferred from Real Madrid over to Everton now, everybody believed it was going to be like a 20 million euro transfer, things like that. But all of a sudden, it wasn't. It was a free transfer, which means the solidarity fee doesn't get transferred over. So this Argentinian club was about to get 420,000 euros, which for them would have been like very, very good because they weren't expecting it. So they were getting nothing for it. So I read somewhere I read somewhere that Hamas is apparently giving part of his salary or going to donate part of that money to the Argentinian club because they were expecting this money and all of a sudden they didn't get it because it was a free transfer. So mine mine goes to Hamas. And not the fact that he scored an awesome goal the other day too. All right, Anthony, you're up. Um so I decided to go with uh, the high school athletic directors. As you know, uh, high school sports had equipped a quick and abrupt return to the fall um, with some rulings and decisions over the past few weeks, and all of the schedules had to be remade. So I just want to say thank you to all the athletic directors who are going through so much, putting plans together. Um, putting plans together for their facilities, trying to create schedules, trying to go through physicals and who's allowed to play and who's not allowed to play, dealing with transfers, dealing with all the stuff that's going on COVID related. It's just, it's incredible what they do. I don't think they get paid enough. And I just wanted to say, thank you. You guys are the real MVPs over these last two weeks. Way to go athletic directors. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Dwayne, what do you have? You got anything? No? no, I don't have anything this week. No one's done any good for you. Shout out to the Delray Union staff, man. Um, just all around good soccer, quality soccer, following the rules, doing the right thing. Everybody's having a good time. Um, so just shout out to all the staff, the people behind the scenes that put in the work to make things happen because you know, it does take a lot of work behind the scenes to make things happen. Nice. Awesome. I love it. All right, so make sure you follow us on social media. Hit us up on Facebook.com slash Delaware Union, on Instagram at Delaware Union Soccer, on Twitter at DE Union Soccer. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.